Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us again for the Lead Defend podcast. As we're recording this, we're getting ready uh, for the Lead Defend conference that's going to start tomorrow. And again, my name is Brock. Ryan actually isn't here with us today. He's finishing up a doctoral seminar. <laughs> who who wants to be doing that right now? But, uh, but yeah, he's not going to be with us today. But who we do have is Colby King. Colby has served in a variety of ministry contexts for the last 20 years within the Southern Baptist Convention. He's coming to help out our foundations, Lead Defend Foundations, the middle school part of the conference, which we're doing for the first year tomorrow. Colby, we're excited to have you with us. Tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing with the, the middle school students at Lead Defend tomorrow. Okay, well, we're going to be doing a, a variety of things, but uh, in my session, my breakout session, we're going to challenge them to focus on the truth, and really, mm-hmm. it's the truth about the truth, and of course, the truth about the truth is quite simple. It's the idea that uh, you don't have a truth that's any different than, I mean, it's not your truth, my truth. We hear people say that all the time. Well, mm-hmm. my truth is such and such. Right. Well, there's not a your truth and a my truth. There's the truth, and that's the truth of God's Word, and anything that contradicts is a lie. Yeah. What? You know, we've kind of gotten into that place where where truth really kind of seems relative. Uh, a lot of times, people don't necessarily what what to believe, what not to believe, and that kind of gets into another level of what you do with your ministry and illusions. Sometimes here in the world, we can believe in illusions. Tell us a little bit about how you work that into your ministry and how you see it playing into the lives of students and, and even adults today. Okay, and at the conference, we'll be doing a number of illusions tomorrow. Um, as an illusionist, um, well, we, first of all, we use creative tools, and mm-hmm. so some are illusions, some ventriloquism, some stunts, fire eating, a whole variety, a whole host of different things. And we began doing that for the purpose of drawing people that wouldn't normally okay. enter the doors of a church. <clears throat> and so, but at doing illusions, it really, it really teaches you a lot about the, I want to say the art of distraction. Hmm. Um, uh, I mean, we are not manipulative or deceptive in anything we do. Um, but doing an illusion, you know, there's always a bigger picture than what you're seeing. Yeah. Uh, in fact, why don't we do this? Okay. Would it be okay if I do an illusion, and I know they're listening, but I'm going to do an okay. experiment with you. Okay, and if, if you are okay. listening to this online uh, or on a podcast app, we make these available to watch on, on our YouTube channel. And so if, if you care enough to see this illusion, I'll, I'll try to describe what's going on. So currently, there are three red, I'm, I'm, I think those are foam. Little, uh, yeah, just little spongy balls okay. right here. Sitting on the table. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this ball, and I'm going to put it in your hand. And, oh. I mean, just simple as that. I'm just going to put it in your hand, one hand, and just okay. close your hand. Okay, so he's got one ball. He's got a ball in his hand, and I'm going to take the other ball and put it in my hand. And I simply shake my hand, and I go one, two, three, and I'm simply just touching my hand to his hand. His hand is closed. My hand is closed. He's got a ball. I'm very I've scared got a ball. for what's about to happen. And so simply, I open my hand. The ball is gone. There's no ball there. Ladies I open and gentlemen. Stop it. Yeah, open your hand. Go I'm, ahead. I'm scared. 
And you've what got you've got both in balls. The world. You've got both balls. Okay, so now I'm gonna give you both balls, same thing. Now this time you know what's coming. Okay? I do. So you've got a bigger picture already, but I want you to see if you feel it. So I'm gonna take this ball. So he has the balls in his hand, and then I'm gonna take the third ball, I'm putting it in my hand, same thing. He's got a fist, I've got a fist, I'm shaking it. Now they're not even touching right now. One, two, and I'm simply touching my hand to his hand, and now did, are you feeling anything? I'm not feeling anything. Nothing in your hand? Okay, now you see there's nothing in my hand open your hand yeah, open your hand and now mm. he has all three balls and so the illusion is the balls Whoa. are jumping from my hand to his hand um, but there's a bigger picture okay yeah. so Brock open your hand again now I'm gonna give him all three balls okay so he is now holding all three balls and put your other hand on top I mean just cup them together real time because some people think I'm shoving them in I'm squeezing yeah. them through your fingers now you know I'm not doing that yeah because I, you I'm can watching feel everything that's yeah. going on so what I'm gonna do this time I'm gonna use your imagination and so Brock and the people listening they can do this too just imagine a little spongy red ball okay, okay sitting right there in my hand i see okay. it now it's not real you no. know it's not real I'm just looking at but it. i'm going to take that imaginary ball now you may feel this in your hand now i'm just hovering my hand over yours right here right, right? now i'm going to push down and when i do inside your hand see if you feel anything okay oh right there did you feel that I, I, I'm, I'm not sure i was watching i was watching your hands i was okay, paying more attention your, to what okay. was going on okay. than what open i felt your hand <laughs> and now he there has are four, four balls. There are there four, are four balls. red foam balls. Okay. What and in the world? So like this, for instance, and, and we use this a lot with street witnessing to build down, build relationships and bring down walls. But, but like behind this illusion is the whole idea. There's a bigger picture than what mm. you're seeing. You're only seeing what I'm letting you see. Right. And that's how a lot of the lies in the world are, is they take truth and they, they let you, they twist it just enough to draw you in to go, oh, that sounds right, but there's a bigger picture actually than what you're seeing. Yeah. And that's why so many students are falling because they're not grounded in the truth. And okay. so when those discrepancies or those twists come along, they begin to follow that pattern. They get swept away. Wow. And, and really, Brock, that's in our ministry. Um, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing more than ever before students being swept away. And I know we've talked about it for years, but... Uh, um, let me just give you an example, and uh, I'm going to read something to you. These are questions. Um, we do camps all summer long. Right. Uh, some are youth camps, some are children's camps, and, and so I'm going to read you some questions because at our camps last summer, every camp, we said we want you to ask your questions about life, about God, about the Bible, um, about situations, and so these are some of the questions we got last summer okay. just out of one camp. Let's hear them. This camp was in Texas, and so... Um, I've been told to kill myself, and now I'm considering it because I've lost everything, and people would be better off without me. Wow. Uh, how do you get out of the habit of looking at inappropriate stuff on the Internet? Okay, so I've been really scared, and I can't sleep. I also keep thinking about sex and porn. Please make it stop. At times, I consider myself a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Is that sin? Is it normal to feel ungodly? How can I prevent sexual or abusive thoughts or being bisexual? Will God kill us when he comes back to earth? Is it normal to have depression? How do I stop thinking about sex and cussing? Is it bad to have suicidal thoughts? Um, uh, why does God choose certain people for bad things to happen to them? How do you prevent sexual thoughts? Okay, now as you're listening to those questions, mm. now let me paint a bigger picture here. Those questions came from third, fourth, and fifth graders. Wow. And so a lot of times, people don't realize that when we talked about being swept away, 
a lot of it has to do with the, um, the lack of a foundation. I mean, we've got kids asking questions like this. And what we did at those camps, we answered their questions in front of everybody. Yeah. And then I would say, with, if it had to do with addiction or suicide or pornography, I'd say, I, I want to talk to you individually. Come find me or talk to one of your sponsors. And a number of the kids off that list right there came and found me. And what I discovered was these are not unchurched kids. Hmm. These are kids that are in our churches every week, and they are asking questions, but nobody's answering them. Yeah. Uh, or they've got questions. Mom and dad aren't talking about it at home. At church, we're having Sunday school lessons, but we're not addressing necessarily the specific questions that they're struggling with, that they're yeah. dealing with. And so if we don't answer the questions, the world is going to. Right. And there you see they're going to be swept away. Right. They're going to be pulled into the illusion. They're going to be pulled into the trick, and they're going to fall for the lies. Right. So so as we as church leaders, as we're trying to equip them, you know, why do you think it is that maybe the church isn't addressing these questions? Why, why is there this disconnect? Why are they having to find the answers outside of the community that we would hope they would find the answers in? Well, and I think there's there's a couple of reasons. Um, one is, and I'm not saying that not all churches are having those right. conversations. Um, I think a lot of it, first of all, I think a lot of it begins at home, hmm. is that God never intended for the church to be the primary disciples of our kids. And a lot of churches tackle that because mom and dad aren't taking spiritual leadership. Um, and so, but sometimes what happens in the middle of that is churches don't challenge mom and dad to take yeah. spiritual leadership. And so, uh, you know, our culture, we give everything away. And so we outsource it. So public education or education goes to the school system, the public school, mm -hmm. the private school. Um, uh, you know, we don't want to cook. What do we do? We outsource it. We go to Chick-fil-A yeah. or, you know, restaurant down the street. You know, we don't want to mow our lawn. What do we do? Hire the neighbor's kid. You know, we don't want to. Sports goes to the coaches. because they're the, Yeah, they're the professionals. And so when it comes to Christian education, instead of mom and dad taking spiritual leadership, and raising their kids to know and follow Jesus, they have a tendency to look at the church and say, you're the professionals, so just like I outsource all this other stuff, I'm going to outsource this to you. And that was never what God intended. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, if you take, uh, I did a conference last weekend in New Mexico, and I took a, a string 168 inches long, and that represents each hour in the week yeah. in a student's life. And you just take, you know, just figure up how many hours they attend church, two hours, three hours, four hours. And you take that and you actually put it on a string that length. It really is an eye-opening visual to go, that little bit of influence cannot combat everything, all the attacks and everything that's hitting our students. Yeah. And so, you know, part of it begins at home, part of it um, at church, of course, too. And I'm not saying if a kid doesn't have spiritual leadership at home that they can't. Right be godly or be solid, because I've known many students that are. Um, many times those students, there is somebody that pours their life in individually to those students. But I think inside our churches, the breakdown is we get so caught up covering a lesson hmm. that we forget that we are not there to simply cover the next lesson in the lesson book. We are there to take the truth of God's Word and to connect it to students. Yeah and to actually show them how that plays out in real life. And I think sometimes uh, we don't do that. Yeah, you know, the the majority of folks that listen to this podcast, certainly we have some some church leaders are probably 
majority high school and college students. What do you see are some of maybe the illusions, the lies that a lot of high school and college students are buying into right now that maybe is leading them away from a, a confidence in the truth of the Bible and the truth of, of Christianity? That's a great question. Um, it, there's a number of things. And I mean, so many, I mean, you kind of scratch your head and go, where would you even begin? <laughs> and a lot of times we focus on, on the big things. I mean, yeah. we've got a huge problem across the board in our churches with pornography. Yeah. And that's high school, that's college. Um, I was talking to a missions professor at a uh, uh, one of our Baptist universities, and he said in the last 10 years, every student, because one of the things he asked him, before he sends them on mission, he talks to them about pornography. Because if they're struggling with addiction, mm-hmm. if they have sin in their life that they haven't dealt with, he knows the impact that's going to have. Yeah. And Satan's going to exploit that, especially when they're on the mission field. And so he said over the last 10 years, there has only been one student that has come across his office that he personally dealt with, sending on mission. He sent hundreds on mission. Right. One student that could sit, and he said this student, and he believes him with all his heart, only one student that could sit in front of him and say, I have never looked at pornography. I've never struggled with it. Um, so it, not only was it not a struggle today, it wasn't a struggle in the past. Mm-hmm. And, that, and I mean, you just think about that. That's astounding. Right. Um, and but so sometimes I think we focus on the big things, yep. you know, pornography and this. But I really think ultimately what it comes down to is uh, it it's it's it starts very small and it's very gradual. It, it's like um, the pastor I grew up under often he'd say, do you know how to kill a frog? Of course, there's lots of way to kill a frog. Yeah. <laughs> Don't demonstrate it. Lots of ways to do it. But he would say, if you take a pot and you put it on the stove and you boil the water and you throw the frog in, the frog's going to jump out. He wants no part of that. Yeah. But if you take a uh, if you take a frog and you put him in a nice cool pan of water, you put it on the stove, he's comfortable. He's happy. You turn up the heat. The temperature starts changing. He doesn't mm. realize it's happening. Well, he'll stay in that water until he boils to death because the change was so gradual. Yeah. And I really think that's what happens for a lot of our students that fall away, is they begin to let small things come in. And the change is so gradual that they don't really, they don't really realize how far they've go, gone until, like the prodigal son, hmm. you end up in a mess of your own making, or you, yeah. you look around one day and go, how did I get here? This isn't the person I wanna be, or this isn't the person that I was. Yeah. You know, as we're thinking about those issues, it is a slow fade for so many. That, and then they they start, you know, little by little receiving those those beliefs of whatever the illusion, whatever the lie is. And then all of a sudden they realize, how did I end up here? Or, you know, no one just wakes up that's been a, I, I think of some friends that I've had that are that were faithful followers of Jesus. And then now as, as adults, they've completely turned away. They didn't just wake up one day and said, guess what, today I'm not going to be a Christian anymore. And so, so let's talk for a minute. How is it that we both as individuals can look at our own lives and spot are, are believing those lies, but then also maybe how can we do that for one another? How, how do we begin to see that we're believing the lies? How do we begin to see that we're buying into those illusions? And then how do we come out of it? And maybe even, you know, going back to either pornography or something else, you know, can you maybe give us an example? What's, what's the illusion? What's being bought into? And then how do we break that illusion with the truth? 
Okay, well, uh, um, uh, well, let me answer you, kind of your last question first, the, talking about pornography and things of that sort. Um, you know, my sons, I have four sons, and mm-hmm. all their lives, and right now they're age 21, and he's actually over in Bangkok, Thailand, doing wow. missions uh, for a semester, and down to 14. And I've always told them that as far as pornography, things like that, the world is going to throw it in front of their face. Mm. I mean, it's going, at some point, they're going to turn around, and it's going to be right there. And they have to train themselves to look away. Yeah. And then what I've told them growing up is it's the second glance that kills you. Yeah. And so it's you look away, and then there's this curiosity or this desire or whatever you want to call it. And you know it's wrong, and you know you shouldn't do it, but there's, it's your flesh desires to. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we don't teach our students that in situations like that, they will have to battle against their own body. Hmm. And... Uh, um, one of the best illustrations I ever heard for kind of describing that is um, how Eskimos used to kill wolves. Yeah. You know, wolves would get in and they'd be taking their flock at night. And so the Eskimos would take and they would dip blood into, I mean, they'd, they'd dip animal blood into, or a knife into animal right, blood. Right, right. Then they'd freeze it, take the handle, stick it out, you know, near the field. The wolf would smell it. He wants it. He He's drawn to it. He finds that knife. He begins to lick it. Mm-hmm. And so as he licks it, it numbs his tongue. I mean, and the more he licks it, the more he wants, just like what sin does. Brings you in. You start licking the blade. Mm-hmm. And before long, that wolf is hes not licking the animal blood anymore. He's licked it completely off. He's licking the blade itself. And the blood he's tasting is his own, but he doesn't realize it because his tongue is numb. Yeah. And that wolf will stay there, and he'll lick the blade until he bleeds to death. And I think sin is a lot like that. It draws you in. You want it. You get a taste of it. And often you want more or it gets a hold of mm-hmm. you until you're, you're like, um, you know, what do I do? How do I get out of this? And then so many times they don't want to admit what's going on because there's shame behind it. There's guilt behind it. Well, I'm a, I'm a deacon's son. I'm not supposed to be doing yeah. these things instead of actually getting the help they need and dealing with the the issues. Yeah. And so, you know, for for so many they're 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 trying to really wrestle and want wrestle with with whether or not, you know, real truth really even exists at all. And so as we come to the end of our time here, what's maybe a word that you would say to this student that's that's kind of going back to where we started the conversation, can we really know anything? Do we really know anything? You know, what is your your, you know, answer for the student that's wondering what really is can I can I really know truth? What what confidence can I have that that there there is truth out there for me to find? That's right. That's a great question. Um, you know, of course, God's word is true. Right. And uh, I had an atheist in New York um, that asked me, and and he was seeking too, but he told me right up front. He said, I don't believe God's real. And he said uh, the two questions he asked me is, how do you know God's real, hmm. and how do you know the Bible's true? And without going into the whole long conversation, <laughs> just for the sake of time, yeah. one of the things that I shared with him is I know God's real and I know the Bible's true because God's real in my life. Hmm. And, you know, people can argue a lot of things. They can't argue your experience. Right. Of course, you know, some people will say, well, yeah, but like an illusion, you've been pulled in. Yeah. But, you know, my story is I grew up in church. Um, hmm. I got saved when I was seven years old. I went to church. I knew the Sunday school answers. Um, but... When I was 15, I felt empty. Even though I was attending church, even though I was a good person, um, I felt empty. And, and uh, I got on the floor, and, and I knew I was going to heaven. I knew I was saved. Uh, 
but in my heart, I just I got on a bathroom floor actually, and yeah. uh, and started really just crying out to God. There's got to be more to life than this. And as I was talking to him, I began to realize that there were so many distractions in my life. That uh, and so what I told the Lord that day is, um, I don't care what it costs me. I let go of my entire life. Everything I have, everything I am, I don't care if it costs me my friends, I don't care if it costs me my family, I don't care if it costs me my life, I, I will follow you. And not long later, I was walking out of church. I'd been teaching vacation Bible school. I was 15. I'm walking out of church. And in my heart, very clearly, God said, Colby, you've been saved eight years, but you don't know me. Hmm. And so I went home that day and began to read the Bible for the first time because I wanted to. Yeah. And I just read seven chapters out of Matthew, Matthew the next day, seven more. Next day, I finished Matthew, started on Mark. And uh, in one month, it got to the point where I couldn't put the Bible down. I would mm. pick it up. I would read it until my eyes were blurry and I got <laughs> eye strain and headache. And But it was life. And yeah. uh, I mean, I'd gone to church all those years. I'd carried it in my hand, but I hadn't carried it Gotta in my read heart. It. Yeah. And so... Um, in that one month, through the truth of his word, uh, Jesus Christ changed my life as a Christian. Hmm. And so when we're talking about truth, I know Scripture's true. By faith, I know it's true, but I know it's true, too, because of the impact it's had on my life. And so if there's anybody listening, and they're sitting there, and they're struggling, and they're going, but, but how do you know? What, I, what I'm going to ask you to do is this. I want you to just step aside with God. And you ask God to show you how real he is. Ask mm. God to show you truth and to confirm it in your heart. God is a big God. He is yeah. real. He is alive and he's moving. Many times, though, people blind themselves just like with an illusion. Yeah. And they're only seeing part of the picture. And so just like the ball trick a minute ago, um, uh, there's so much more to that than what you saw. And life... You know, if you're sitting there and you're saying, I'm seeking truth, I'm not sure what's real, I just want to tell you, there is so much more to your life than you have ever even imagined. I mean, yeah. like that trick. You're, you're breathing, you're feeling, you're existing, but that's not life. Hmm. And what you're looking for, you will only ever find that on the other side of complete surrender to Jesus Christ. Yeah, what a good word. The Bible says, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Colby, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. I'm going to need you to show me how you did that ball trick <laughs> after we get done with this. But until next time, see you later. Lead the Fin Podcast. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.